MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The numbers told the story, they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Tuesday morning, too. It is a numbers game at VSIN, the sports betting network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Fubo, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, however you're taking us in this morning. We appreciate it. By the way, nice little camera pan down on me from the ceiling. What's that downstairs? Well done. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Parlay is back in the house. How you doing, Parlay? You good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Nice trip. Yeah. Good to be back. Wedding season for those of your age? I mean, it's it's been wedding season the whole year. How many weddings have you attended in the last calendar year? Last, the last 12 months is four. There's still a missing one in September because it's the first week of the NFL season. So I'm I'm out on that one, unfortunately. So four so far. And then we have one another, at least one more this fall that I'll have to go to. All right. Of the four you've gone to, two and a half is the number that last past three years. What do you got? Oh, no, they're all over. <laughs> they're all over. They're all your friends. What, yeah, they're, they're all what a horrible question to ask you. <laughs> I, 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 four of four is a, a massive favorite. What an absolutely inappropriate question, question to make no you ask. <laughs> to make you answer. <laughs> uh, on the show today, Chris Felica's in studio. How about that? Chris Felica hanging out with us later on the show. The Bear from ESPN's College Game Day. Adam Burke, our own Adam Burke, who uh, is the greatest Major League Baseball columnist you will ever find betting-wise from my standpoint, from my uh, perspective in life, also does a whole bunch of college football stuff, doing some college football stuff right now uh, with all of our VEASAN publications. We'll talk to him about both sports. Mark Borchard from uh, an undisclosed location. Get his thoughts today on all his baseball picks and yes-no playoffs. Not only that, but exactas per division in Major League Baseball as well. And Drew Densick uh, standing by here with us. Oh, we're going to do a whole bunch of uh, football props again. Jeff is back, so we've got a whole bunch of new NFL props that he has uh, put together. We will get to that. Let me just start with, the, with before we get to Drew here, I got crushed in tennis yesterday. I had the golden sombrero of picks 0-4 after, after a fine week in, uh, in Canada, both in Toronto and Montreal. We started out Cincinnati just with an 0 for yesterday. It makes it... Uh, Doubly sucky because a lot of people are tailing. We bring in Drew Dinsick from NBC Sports, Bet the Edge podcast, and also the Deep Dive podcast to talk some football and tennis. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm good. I was with you. I had a rough day in Cincy yesterday. Sloan Stevens, though, bailed me out. <laughs> that was a hell of a performance from she her. Bailed you uh, out in a big the way. What you give up? Ooh, one game. Ooh. One game. Yeah, she gave up. I, I mean, she got broken once. She, uh, I think, Alize Cornet did not 
hold serve once in that match. It was, uh, it was really something. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a weird day yesterday overall. And we're in a funny part of the calendar. If you want to start with tennis, you know, this is always a really tough tournament because when these masters go back to back, it only happens a couple times in the year yeah. where you have the compressed schedule masters back to back. Um, Madrid and Rome is the other kind of obvious uh, example. Um, and it really puts a lot of pressure on these players. And, uh, you know, the, the U S open is right around the corner. The conditions are pretty challenging in terms of, uh, you know, just weather, heat and humidity. So, um, you know, it, it's a, it's a really challenging handicap. And, you know, I think you certainly look at today's card. There are a ton of really good matches, a couple of, you know, coin flip line matches. Uh, and I think you have to circle some players who have been money makers throughout the balance of this season and just say, Hey, like he, she, they may be out of gas at this point. Uh, and, you know, find some ways to kind of bet against what would otherwise be, uh, you know, a cheap price on a player. So, um, it's a, it, I think that's going to be the name of the game this week. There may be some quality that emerges, uh, because, you know, there are a couple of players who don't have a ton of miles on them throughout this season who ought to be able to do well. I'm looking at like the Medvedevs of the world, uh, and maybe, maybe even the Osaka's of the world. I mean, she, you know, tough, tough to really figure out what's going on with her right now. But, um, you know, I think if you, you know, I think you have to kind of look and be a little bit creative to find some success this week, just given what a grind this season has been for these guys and gals. It's a great point. I, I, I you know, when you, when you have a bad day, you're like, oh, I can't wait to get back and, and get some winners. I only liked one match in both the men's and the women's today. And it also, and, and, and the pitfall is also what you were talking about, which is, oh, but I, but the person I like does have miles on versus a player who doesn't. I like Beatrice Haddad Maya today at a plus money price against Elena Ostapenko, but it is, you know, that's the concern, what you're talking about. Yeah, I thought hard about that one because, you know, you saw flashes from Haddad Maya last week where it was like, whoa, uh, her ceiling is going up quickly. It's been her whole season, man. She has had a year. Yeah, I didn't see, I've never seen it before on hardcourt. I mean, you know, she showed it to us in the grass run up to Wimbledon Mm -hmm. uh, and she's doing it now again on hardcourt. And um, it was, uh, I was eye opening. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, if you didn't already uh, go consider her a contender for the U S open, you have to now, already, um, I already thought, grabbed her last week. 50 yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good. That's good price. Cause I mean, you know, the U S open is usually a breakout. You know, I mean, for, just because of where it falls in the schedule and in general, just, you know, <laughs> the, the, the people you expect to do well at these tournaments are ground to a, a fine, fine, uh, pulp at this point. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, I looked hard at that one. I ultimately passed not, you know, just cause I didn't quite get the price I was hoping for. Um, but, uh, I'm going up against uh, Coco Goff uh, today with Buzkova. I love Buzkova's form and Coco Goff kind of fits the narrative of been a moneymaker this year, you know, been, been able to consistently raise her level, but I think the amount that she ended up playing through the clay season, uh, is really starting to, um, you know, to, to, to cause her some difficulties. And then, uh, you know, the couple of tournaments she's played on hard court so far, she's had significantly challenging paths, uh, had to go, go the distance in a number of her matches. So she's logged more time on court than a lot of the other players who, uh, you know, in, including Buzkova, who I think is in absolutely outstanding form right now. So I think Buzkova is live, only live dog for me on the, on the women's side. Anything on the men's side, anything? Yeah, I went with two and neither of these feel good, <laughs> neither. but again, that's where I'm at to this right yeah. now. So, yeah. uh, but, uh, at Pablo Carreño Busta was unbelievably impressive last week yes, and he, he had, he played, he, he played like a man, 
in a couple of those uh, matches, digging himself out from uh, the uh, uh, down a set in the final, especially, especially impressive. Um, but that was, you know, that was a career defining performance from him. And it, on a very short turnaround going up against a player like Kekmanovic, this is, this is an absolutely miserable spot. Um, I don't, you know, no, no shame at all. If cranio Busta mails this one in and uh, just kind of gets himself right for the U S open. I think that's the correct decision. I don't, I don't know what you gain by, you know, grinding yourself to like a, uh, a, a quarterfinal appearance here in Cincinnati, but I think Kekmanovic catches him. Uh, so I backed him as a dog. And then the other men's dog that I just couldn't, I couldn't help myself. Uh, Fabio Fanini, 10 and two, <laughs> 10 and two. <laughs> 10 and two lifetime against Albert Ramos. Uh, Ramos is, he's, you know, he's not like scam Nori and that he's taking a lot of money from me over my lifetime. But um, you know, I, I don't rate Ramos especially highly. And you know, two of his wins against Fanini have come more recently, I guess. But, and most of this Fanini success was kind of in the early 20 teens. But uh, when you, you know, when you have that kind of a head to head record against the player, you know, you, you have a, a way to, uh, to, to, yeah. to pull out a victory. You know, he knows, he knows exactly how to get the best of Ramos. So I, I think I laugh. Fonini's a good Yeah. I laugh only because you know, why I'm laughing because with Fonini, you have just no clue what you're <laughs> no getting. Clue. No clue what you're no. getting. Um, no by the way, and about Buscova, Buscova's numbers are absolutely spectacular. Yeah. I, where do you deal with, and this is maybe a handicapping thing that goes beyond sports, beyond just one sport, great numbers, but the competition in getting those numbers really hasn't been elite. So does that concern you? Well, she did. She had three performances, excuse me, four performances at Wimbledon that were, they were, they, they, they forced me to kind of, uh, rectify, you know, change my opinion of her, uh, Beating Daniel Collins in three in what was an absolute grind fest in round one, uh, you know, taking Allison Risk to to school, uh, and then an informed Caroline Garcia beating her in straight sets, and then uh, for a lot of that match against Anz Jabor, Buzkova looked very very live. Um, so it's uh, it that was an impressive uh, kind of you know sort of arc. Yeah. Correct. Your know, course correction on how I would rate her. Um, and then I think, you know, she backed it up well with the title in Prague and, uh, you know, and had, you know, had a, had a puncher's chance against, uh, Rubakina in, in Toronto. So, yeah. uh, I think, yeah, Buzkova is, came through qualifying superlatively, <laughs> really no sweat at all, uh, in round one and round two. Um, I'm surprised she even had to qualify for this event really. Um, and you know, she's, she's on, she's on course for, uh, a long stint in the top 25, given the current state of the women's uh, women's tour right so now. Drawing on her grass opponents is, the, is I think, a, a good answer to that. Let, let's switch from a Buskova, someone who most people don't even know who, who that is, to Tom Brady, who's somebody everybody knows who that is. <laughs> Two minutes on Tom Brady here real quick, and maybe we'll go after the break with it, too. Um, last week or the week before, I was like, hey, is Matthew Stafford's injury the, the story that we're all overlooking that's actually the biggest story in all of football? And you kind of went the other way. You're like, no, I'm looking for a better sort of MVP price maybe on Matthew Stafford. Does this all add up with Tom Brady? Like, are, are we oh. missing some big story here? What's going on? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, like, I don't have any inside information, and I, I should qualify that. Like, um, everything that I've heard been, you know, back channels, like almost immediately got reported. Um, so it's not like there's sort of a, a, a known issue going on here that, but, uh, uh, but the reality is this guy quit football. He walked away from the sport. He retired. 
and he came back, uh, you know, to to try to make one last run at a Super Bowl. But it was under the auspice of a team that was, you know, was ready to go after a Super Bowl, considering, you know, how how strong some of the uh, uh, the key units are, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. And the it's a different reality now. Uh, you have, uh, you know, a change in head coach. Some may point to that being uh, a positive for Brady because I don't know how well uh, Bruce Arians and Brady really coexisted. But uh, change in head coach, you have now lost your start, you know, a, a potential Hall of Fame guard and Ali Marpet retires. And then Jensen, your starting center, gets hurt. And so now Godwin Brady looking at uh, well. yeah. God, Godwin hurt, you know, you, uh, Evans hurt. Russell Gage hurt. Like you're, you're you're going to war in a very tough opening s- sequence of games without a full strength offense, and so I, I I'm prepared for a surprise. I uh, am too. Away. And he was supposed yeah. to be in Miami, obviously, right? Which is the pull yeah. over all of this. Let's talk more about yeah. this and other NFL stuff on the other side. Drew Densick, numbers game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state issued ID to open an account. And start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style. You're going to love BetMGM, state of the art technology, and fan friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. It's Gil Alexander. Uh, Jeff Parlay was on vacation. Jeff, would you like? Would you care to share with everybody? Drew and I were talking about Tom Brady. What was your reaction to it? 
I legitimately had to go do a Google search. I'm like, wait a second. What are you guys talking about that he's not in camp? <laughs> well, when you, when you go on vacation. <laughs> I pulled the you. you. That's right. <laughs> I totally check out. Uh, Drew Ditzik from, uh, by the way, you can follow Drew on Twitter at whale underscore capper. The name of the podcast are the deep dive with his buddy Andy Molitor and NBC Sports Bet the Edge, uh, which he does with Sarah Perlman. Let me, let me just reset this for a second because I, I you know, I always bring up the Andrew Luck thing that happened some years ago where we got into like mid-August. As, as August was, you know, end of July, August was was getting into that month that year. I can remember going on air like every day like, uh, guys, are we sure Andrew Luck is showing up? Like it was like this thing where it just sort of appeared one day. And there were rumors of like his agent making bets. It was all kinds of things. So Tom Brady, who wanted to be in New Orleans, right? But Drew Brees put the kibosh on that. Then had this arrangement with the Dolphins and Sean Payton, the package deal going over there. So he carefully crafted his exit from New, in- from New England to end up in Tampa Bay. Wins the Super Bowl. He carefully crafted an exit from Tampa Bay. Then the Brian Flores lawsuit happens, and it's like, oh, I guess I'm playing football in Tampa Bay again. And as we just pointed out, all of these injuries, particularly on the offensive line in front of him. Then there's this 10-day absence. And... The Bucks are like, oh, it was, it was already scheduled. Hmm. If it was already scheduled, wouldn't we have known about it? So it's all very odd. And I guess from a betting standpoint, the question becomes, are you making bets? Because your last words before the break, which I think were, was, were great ones, was, I'm expecting a surprise. Oh, we lost Drew. Let's get Drew's audio back, guys. I there we go. There, we're back. Go I ahead, I think Drew. there's somewhere around a 20% chance he retires altogether. And I think there's somewhere about a 40% chance that he skips a couple of games at the beginning of the season. Wow. Um, I, and, you know, Tom Brady comes from a system in New England where for a lot of years, the first four games of the regular season were treated like an extended preseason. Um, I remember thinking that for at least, uh, you know, the last five, six years of his career. Uh, we're in a 17-game season uh, world now where, um, you know, it's not how you start the season. It's how you finish. He learned that specifically in Tampa two years ago, mm-hmm. as they put together a heater down the stretch and carried that to a super bowl. win. he's not afraid of going on the road in the playoffs and getting hard fall wins, you know, that I don't think he, uh, you know, and there's no, there's not, not really any home field advantage in Tampa anyway, you know, other than, you know, maybe travel for some of the West coast teams. Uh, but so, you know, so the idea that, uh, that it's, he is going because he, he is in a situation now where he is facing an extremely tough start to the season in terms of schedule, you know, strength of opponent, pass rush, especially he has a weekend offensive line, particularly the interior. Those are that, that's a recipe for, uh, you know, a potential injury uh, and or just an absolute headache. And he's dealing with now a suite of wide receivers who he doesn't have chemistry with because it's all, you know, it's the fourth, fifth, sixth string guys. Gronk's gone. Uh, Godwin's not going to be starting the season as far as I can tell you. And then Evans and Gage are dealing with soft tissue injuries. So, you know, the, the, you know, the, the fragility here, I think lends itself to, you know, Brady potentially, uh, you know, giving it some time to everybody to get healthy before he comes back. And, you know, weeks five, six, seven, they're going up against the likes of Atlanta, Carolina, Seattle. I think it's, it's a super, super soft, uh, little three week stretch after the first four weeks, which is absolute, you know, ha- you know, chaos here. Um, and so, you know, I, there's, you know, I'm only, I'm only up to about 60% chance, but 
60% chance that he doesn't start week one is, yeah. is very meaningful. So, um, so Oprah's great transition. And so, yeah. um, and <laughs> yeah. so, which is, so the, it, what is the best? I mean, is it, is there a new Orleans or a Carolina bet in this, or is there perhaps a great alternate season win total to be played on the bucks here? Is that the way to play this? Or yes, I think nope. every, yeah. I think I think everything is on the table. I think I think the under. We talked about this last week and it got nuked, so the price is not quite as good. But I think it's still bettable. But the under week one at the Cowboys is still a great bet in my opinion. I think that forty-seven is fair. Uh, then yeah, the Saints they get the Saints week two, Green Bay Packers week three, Chiefs week four. Bucks could start zero and four. Wouldn't surprise anyone, even with Brady out there. Like those are four very tough opponents and your two softer opponents are on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, if, if they mail that in or, and, or try and lose, uh, you know, I say, try, try hard and lose those games. Then new Orleans is going to be in a tr- tremendously strong position within the NFC South. The NFC South overall, I think is pretty weak. Um, but the saints, you know, they have the advantage. They have a potential advantage in terms of schedule sequencing, where they could get out to a decent start. Uh, I bet into them at five to one to win the NFC South. I think that's bettable down to pl- like three to one plus two eighty is probably where my fare is right about now. Um, and uh, you know, I will very sincerely consider taking some Tampa Bay back against that if you know if we're correct and this turns into a situation where uh, the division flips. Yeah. Um, but uh, but. Basically, the market right now is price pricing Tampa Bay as a prohibitive favorite to win the NFC is flat out wrong. I just I can't even get remotely close to those numbers. And it's all the offense because the Tampa Bay defense is is absolutely amazing. Like this defense is going to be a nightmare to prepare for a nightmare to play on a week in week out basis. Um, There are a couple of teams, the Rams most notably, who have solved this defense and, uh, you know, have a true advantage over the Bucks when it comes to playoff matchups. So it's I I just I'm not seeing it with the Bucks this year. And I think the fact that the market is so high on them particularly considering the uncertainty about Brady's commitment to playing football uh, is uh, is an opportunity to bet against them. And you, 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 we, I think we hit them all in the head. Yep. Saints is at the NFC South is good. Uh, alternate unwin total unders is good. And then specific game by game uh, trying to capture either value on the Cowboys or value on that, uh, on that full game under, I think is a fair play. And maybe what was that Jeff last week? We're doing last a winless team in the NFL. I don't know. Let's see what Tampa Bay's numbers are. If you can bet that, because that's <laughs> again, one of the teams, with a tough, tough road at the beginning. Uh, okay, preseason football. We're headed into week two of three. Uh, by the way, how many 3.10 team uh, total teasers did you do last week? <laughs> oh, my God. The long teasers were so good. 560 um, and 0 was the, uh, was the exact stat for if you did three team 10 point over teasers last week in, yeah, uh, in, I, in preseason football. What's funny is we were talking about the teasers last week, if I remember right. Yeah, and uh-huh. my, my general sense was got to take it a little easy. Cause you don't want to burn every account in preseason week one. <laughs> and my, my sentiment now is literally like, why didn't I put it all, you know, my, my you know, entire bank account. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why did, yeah. This was the opportunity to burn it off. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, that's the way it goes. But no, so, I, the, the, the teasers were great, but the, the real kind of the eye opening preseason week one was the scoring was unbelievably, yes. uh, you know, uptick relative to years past. I have not really heard anyone make a, coherent point as to why that is. Um, and my, so my, my only takeaway really is, you know, we know the college game has changed 
They're using a lot more spread offenses. There are a lot more talented wide receivers coming into the NFL, a lot more talented quarterbacks coming into the NFL who are ready to play now. I think you're just seeing that manifest in that the second and third string units for a lot of these teams are just, they're flat out better than they used to be. And Drew, I, um, better yes. players on the, on the field. Yes. And it's why when people were asking me, oh, why don't you bet like on this information? Why don't you bet preseason football more? I, my answer, my pat answer was always because there's 60 minutes of football games <laughs> for these sure. things to manage manifest the wrong way. I think this is exactly what you, what we we were saying. It's like games are long, man. And so even if even if you expect really bad play, you still have poor units on each side. The game lasts long enough where it's going to go against what you think the information is telling you. That I mean that yeah. was my very yeah. shorthand way of saying it. Yeah, I think that's fair too. And uh yeah, the information stuff was okay. Uh, reflecting on it. I, I didn't, nothing, uh, nothing really stood out as like, wow, that was an angle. Um, sad. I missed, you know, not getting more on that, but, um, the, for sure, the, you know, the quality of play you saw, I thought from the offensive side of the ball in particular, uh, when second and third strings out were out there was surprisingly good. Um, and usually those, those units are usually just, uh, kind of, you know, just, Walk, you know, it's a glorified walkthrough, uh, and no one's really kind of pushing the, uh, you know, the aggressive buttons. And then you have the Colts and the Bills out there attempting like eight fourth downs. Yes. <laughs> it's like <Yes>. okay, <laughs> like okay, this is a totally different paradigm. So basically, a lot of the, um, you know, other than the long teaser stuff, a lot of the old way of handicapping yep. preseason, I think, is going to have to be rethought. And totals adjusted this week, big time, real quick, because yeah. we got to run. So any plays this week, or anything that you saw last week that that triggered some kind of season loss. Bad. No, no. I oh, I would definitely not overreact to uh, what you saw on the football field, other than maybe a couple of questions you may want to ask about the Giants' offense. Um, and yeah, some <laughs> of the some of the I wouldn't react. Yeah. except for this one thing. <laughs> except for the Giants' <laughs> yeah. offense, that was that was problematic. <laughs> All right. Any play so far, real quick? Five seconds. No, I didn't. I didn't. Nothing play, I didn't play anything okay. for week two yet. No. Thank you, Drew. No. Appreciate it, man. At whale underscore capper, the great Drew Ditson. Coming back with some NFL props next. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Don't forget the VSIN college football guide is out now, and our NFL guide drops next week. Our experts provide profiles of every team with team trends, power ratings, and over under recommendations, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Remember, the only way to get access to this year's football betting guides is to become a VSIN all access subscriber. Sign up on our discounted football special and get all access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only $175. Or or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Go to visa.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the sports betting network. It's Gil Alexander, Jeff Parlay, back in the fold. Um, one of the other things, many things that uh, you missed while on vacation. Well, this is just a random thing that I noticed. Have you, have you heard Lewis Riddick's take on Trey Lance? Have you caught this at all? I saw Trey Lance played very well in the preseason game over the weekend. I did not see with Lewis Riddick. So Lewis Riddick has gone all in on Trey Lance. He is like, it's my long shot MVP guy. Best we can see now is 40 to one. You get better last week or the week before, I think. He got, could have got up to 65 last week. I want to say I heard about an 80 to one somewhere. Well, but, that was a good yeah. stray number then. But 40 to one on Trey Lance to win it. National Football League MVP. Trey Lance, who has thrown... Shy of 400 passes since high school in any competitive football game. 
And so when Lewis, Rid- Lewis Riddick went all in on him as if, he even invoked, you ready for this? He even said, if everything, now he did, he did have a, you know, a few preambles of, if this happens and if that happens, and if he does this and if he does that, right? But he said, if all that he has seen coalesces, gels, then he could see this being the most impactful like debut on an NFL level since. And immediately when he said that, I was thinking in my head, I was like, oh, he's going to go 2012 Robert Griffin III here. This is what the comparison he's going to make. Nope. He goes Patrick Mahomes. He goes, and then he adds, he goes, oh, he's going to have to be as consistent as Patrick Mahomes. But he is all in on Trey Lance. All in. And I was like, oh, wow. Well, well that's, a, that's stepping out on a limb for sure. And I thought about our own Michael Lombardi and how he's like sort of oppo on that. So be, we got to get Lombardi in here because I was like, get Lombardi on the horn. I got to hear what he has to say about Riddick going all in on Lance. Who knows? We have no clue. We have no clue. We have no idea. Now, San Francisco, though, I will say this, Gil. Yeah. Their schedule, the first six weeks, is conducive to a hot start for Trey Lance. Which brings us to your first prop. Yes, to start the season five and zero is a prop over at DK again doing a great job. Their San Francisco schedule to just uh, give us uh, further proof here. You open at Chicago; they're a touchdown favorite basically in that game. Uh-huh. Seattle; they're over a touchdown favorite week two. Week three at Denver Sunday night be a good test for him on the road. Tough place to play national TV, and then the defending Super Bowl champs week four. But then look at those next two on the road at the two bad NFC South teams. Trey Lance could get off to a massive start here. That is in play. But again, as we said, Gil, we have no clue. Well, because the only sample we have was not good last year. There was a reason that I brought him up because when you you posted this up on a side screen, first team to five and zero, or or what was what's the how's it worded again? Uh, No, a team to start the season. A team to start the season. Yes, no prices. You you can't uh, be first. About half of about half the teams in the league. But so half the teams in the league to start the season five and zero. I, and, and the reason is because you put it up on the side screen. I'm like, well, the Bills, it's tough. They've got some, they've got some obstacles. As great as the Bills are, <clears throat> pardon me, they're soft, as we talked about last week, they're soft patches in the middle. The Broncos have a fairly manageable first five, but they're the Broncos, right? We don't consider them among the NFL's elite. Um, the Buccaneers we just talked about with Drew Densick, good God, uh, they have a tough first four games. The chances of them going five and zero with Tom Brady or without slim to none. Um, and I skip the Chargers because the Chargers have tough games in there, right? They travel to play the Chiefs in their first five games, I believe, as well. So there's there's some stuff. But the Niners, there's that Rams game and nothing else. I, I don't. I, I'm not going to say at Denver is an auto auto win. That could well, be. Well, if you're dealing with uh, if, if you're Lewis Riddick, if you're Lewis Riddick, you're thinking they're going to go win that game. Yeah. Chargers, Chargers at plus six fifty again. A lot of these yes prices, especially for the teams uh, that are sub ten to one, are just way too short. Because the Chargers, the first two weeks, even though they're a favorite, and the game is technically a home game against the Raiders, Gil, we know how that plays out. The Raiders are essentially going to have more than half. Raider fans are going to take up sixty five, seventy percent of the building in SoFi. So that will be one of those home road games, basically. For the Chargers, and then he plays short week in Kansas City. After that, next three games are easy. Jacksonville at Houston and at Cleveland. Who knows if Deshaun Watson will be there, but way too short on the Chargers. The interesting one comes in the NFC, the two NFC North teams, Gil. Because the Green Bay Packers, 
have three home games in the first five games that they are going to be going to be significant favorites in two of them, and they should be probably close to a touchdown against New England, even though I don't think they will be. Mm-hmm. The two road games at Minnesota, coin flip, and then at Tampa, throw your hands up. Who knows, even though Tampa has played them very well since Tom Brady has been there. That's the the interesting one on Green Bay. Well, the interesting thing about them is the toughest of those five potentially is the very first one at the Vikings. So you're either dead in the water or you're in great position for this. Right, and then, then it gets me to Minnesota's first five games where, all right, home against Green Bay, coin flip. At Philadelphia on a Monday night, mm. Philly will be favored, but coin flip. Mm-hmm. They'll be a favorite at home against Detroit. They should be a favorite against New Orleans in London. I don't know how what, what they'll end up being, but they should be favored in that game. They're better. And then Chicago at home. What we're, what we're getting at here, I think, the general broad topic sentence of this is, the shortest shots aren't worth your time Correct. in this market. You, they're, they're actually better options further down the board. How about the Baltimore Ravens? What are the Ravens' number on this? So Baltimore is 10 to 1 also. 10 to 1. Okay. So they're at your Jets, home Miami, at New England, and then they do get Buffalo and Cincinnati, but they get both of them at home. 10 to 1? Hmm. Not bad. Not horrible. Not bad. Well, again, you have to think about how many of these games are they going to be underdogs in. And Baltimore knows five. Be favored in the first three. At least they should be favored in the first three. I, I'm curious to see how New England is handled early this season. Cause I don't think, I think new England is a seven win team, but then you have the Belichick tax, obviously Baltimore and Buffalo is an interesting game week four. Buffalo is probably favored, but that seems like a game. Baltimore could very easily steal. Yeah. And again, these are available for all teams or just half the teams. I, I only saw half the teams yesterday. They didn't bother putting like Houston. I mean, up the, there. Bad, the bad teams were not given numbers. <laughs> no, the, uh, the Raiders were the one team that I would have liked to have seen a number that I did not see a number on. All right. Anyway, just interesting. You know, again, we, we've been doing these for a few weeks. Well, we've done them all summer, but we've sort of tried to find what we hadn't covered with NFL props. And there is just no shortage of them, right? It, we don't necessarily live in the jurisdiction where we can bet them here in Nevada. But some of those we were talking about last week, the last winless team. Fascinating odds on a lot of these because – the Chiefs have really tough games. Do you like a 100-to-1 bet? There you go, the Chiefs. The Bucks now with the Brady sort of thing looming over. They've got a tough early schedule. So there's a bunch of these that are good. You got some specials here. What are these? These are these are random. Oh, well, these are the overtime-related specials, Gil. Oh, come on. Boy, come on. <laughs> Again. Uh, How what? many regular season games will go to overtime? Who bets this? First off, you have to, you have to work to find these. Because these these are these are hidden a little bit uh, in the season special tab. Here's what I'm going to ask you, Gil. Yes. Forget the first one because the first one, who knows? Yeah. Yes, favored for a game to end in a tie. Oh, will any regular season game end in a tie? Yes, minus four hundred. No, plus three hundred. Well, this would seem to be a very easy research project, right? You would just go back and see how many ties there have been. In you know modern day NFL history with current rules, right? right? The ten, the ten, uh, the ten, um, ten minute overtimes have changed the calculus here. For that's sure. right. That's that's the uh, that's the change from fifteen to ten, and so it's much more likely than it once was. So you really don't have enough sample size with the ten games. But yes, minus four hundred. 
to me, I listen, they've, this is the thing. If you think that that's a bad number, I would sort of caution you and say, no, nope, they've done, they've crunched them. So here, here, here's what we have since, uh, You'd have, you'd, you'd have to go to how many games got to overtime. That's well, your first well, thing. Ju- I'll just give you the, the amount of tie games so far. So there have been 69 games yeah. that have gone to overtime since this rule change. 2017 was the rule change. Here. Okay. There have been five ties. So 7% of the games that have gone to overtime since they went from 15 to 10 have ended in a tie. Yeah, I think the more significant number there is, though, 69 like, that's a lot of football games. And I'm going to guess that five is probably on the low side there. Like, if you ran 69 more tie games, would you really only have uh, 69 more tie games heading into overtime? Would you really only have five that resulted in a tie? Possible. Also, by the way, the Steelers have had two of those five times. Yeah. By the way, the point is, for both of those last ones, how many regular season games will go to overtime and will any regular season game end in a tie? Who's betting that? You? No. You wouldn't bet these, would you? Wouldn't bet the overtime games. Listen, they're not all winning. You you don't have to bet everything. It's another point we should probably make. More of these. Some player props next. Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. The action never stops at BetMGM. Sign up now using bonus code VSIN1000 and your first wager's risk free up to $1,000. BetMGM's state of the art app offers a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, daily boosted odds specials, and much more, no matter what your favorite sport is. No matter what. 
You'll find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code VSIN1000 to make your first wager risk-free. Up to $1,000 eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offers not available in Nevada or New York. We get texts. We get tweets. That beating the book on the tweet side. But here's a text. Uh, it's from uh, Michael Montesano, who won the uh, the booby prize in, at Circa Millions the first year. He said, I think I may take Brady under passing yards and touchdowns. Which is an interesting way, because we're talking about all the different ways you could bet on the Tom Brady Mishugas that's going on right now. Just the Tom Brady nebulous nature of him taking an absence from camp. But as you pointed out off air, Jeff, the only caveat to that is he gots to take a snap. So he can't be he can't be out completely because then those all get refunded. Right. Well, the other thing is, too, like if he plays the whole season, then you're kind of in trouble yeah, because regardless. He'll get dinked and dunked to like, death. Regardless of what, of, what, of what you may think of his willingness to be there in the first place, if he's there – 35 and a half touchdown passes, 4,650 and a half yards. Now that 4,650 is a big number, obviously. But you're really going to bet against Tom Brady if he's there from the get go at the beginning of the season? Well, you're clearly betting on You're the, betting on him not being there for a month or you're, something. You're betting on the fact that something here does not add up. Uh, this is from do, do, is this from teasers and, teasers and parlays. He said, I was, I was literally looking up the Bucks' odds for last winless team. During your segment with Drew, Atlanta in week five is my only hesitation. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is other Sam Wesley. These are all about tennis. You never mentioned your men's tennis play. I don't have a men's tennis play today. I only have Beatrice Haddad Maya on the, on the lady side. Um, a lot of tennis ones. Forrest Lehman, Babyface Assassin. So it was only, yeah, my only tennis play is Beatrice Haddad Maya plus money. Uh, plus 111 is what I got her at last night on the ladies' side. Again, the only concern, has she played so much tennis that she's sort of gassed? But from a numbers standpoint, the market refuses to value her properly. So that's the only tennis play. All right, what's next, NFL-wise? What do you got? A little bit more complicated market here. Rookie with the most receiving yards. Now, these odds are different than what they were last week because of the concern about Drake London. Uh, because of uh, getting dinged up in that preseason game last week. So Chris Olave is your new favorite now at DraftKings. London was your favorite last week. So Olave plus 550, Burks at 650, same with London. Your guy, Jahan Dodson. John Dodson, baby. 8-1, to one. Garrett Wilson, 9-1. to one. George Pickens, your biggest mover based off of one preseason game yeah. at 10 to one uh, along with Jalen Tolbert. So Pickens is where, where, where your eyes go, right? Because George Pickens went at, went at Georgia once upon a time was the guy. People, oh my God. Best receiver in college football is George Pickens. He's got the potential to be that if not already 10 to one, but you have a combination of Trubisky, Rudolph, you know, who who are you getting in Pickett? Who are you getting in Pittsburgh to throw him the rock? You got to think about who your quarterback is here as well. Chris Olave, I sort of snicker at because during the draft, I loved Chris Olave better than any other wide receiver in the draft. And then Washington had him in their in their uh, hands, and they decided they wanted – they were like, well, nope, we're going to trade down. We'll take Jahan Dodson. 
Maybe they valued Jahan Dotson the same way. I didn't see it that way. But I think Pickens at 10 to 1 is intriguing. What about your guy Garrett Wilson at 9 to 1? I have no idea. Well, again, yeah. you had the, the big scare where every Twitter doctor on planet Earth said Zach Wilson tore his ACL on Friday night. That's right. Then it ends up being a re-injury, a re-injury of that of the, or excuse me, it wasn't the PCL, it was the meniscus and the bone bruise this go around. I don't know. It's one of those weird ones where Flacco is Flacco has looked really good in the training camp. And if Flacco starts the first two weeks of the season, does that negatively impact the rookie or does it possibly impact the rookie? So impossible you have no idea on Garrett Wilson. This is one of these markets where I really, again, we talk about it because it's preseason and we have the time to talk about it. But truly, there's no, there's no like hero points for getting it right now. Don't you wait a week or two? Don't you wait a week or two, see how these guys perform? It doesn't have to be the guy that has the most yards of the rookies after weeks one or two, but just someone who you see bubbling up. I think that's the way you play this. Well, the, well, the big one, uh, again, the, the two Packers, uh, Dobbs and, uh, and, and Watson, because obviously Romeo has been, everyone has been talking about him the whole, the whole preseason. Aaron Rodgers has to throw to somebody, Gil. He does. <laughs> he has to throw to somebody. He's so got to throw to somebody. They, again, you kind of missed the boat on, on Romeo as high as I think 25 to one in that market, now 12 to one. But that would probably be another way to go look at this rate. But it's a tough market because you don't know. You don't know with rookies. And that's kind of, kind of goes back to what we were saying about Lance before. Like, some could think he's going to be great. We some could think he's going to be terrible. And, we just have no clue. And on, and on the Aaron Rodgers thing, we don't, as great as Aaron Rodgers is, and this is my whole Packers theme for, for the whole offseason, do we really know what he does without really solid wide receivers? Now, there's some people that would, that would counter be like, yeah, what do you mean? It's Aaron Rodgers who makes the wide receivers look what they do when they leave him. Yeah, I'm not so sure I buy that like a thousand percent. So I don't know. I think you wait a week or two. Here's one. Most tackles and assists. This is now not just rookies. This is every defensive player in the NFL. Roquan Smith, your short shot at 6-1. to one, Who doesn't want to play for the team he's playing for. Yeah, this, this market, of all the markets we have, do, we have done this offseason, Gil, this was the one where I went through the list and uh, I could not make much sense of the list. I think there's a few. I, I mean, listen, again, if you... So many of these we say, would you bet this? Would you really not if you had the opportunity to? You can't bet everything, right? You just can't have a 1,000 bets. Some people are like, yeah, I can. Watch me. Um, Jordan Brooks plus 750. I've, there are worse plus 750 bets in the world than Jordan Brooks out of Texas Tech who plays for the Seattle Seahawks now for a few years. Jordan Brooks finished second in tackles last year in the National Football League. He's plus 750. How about your guy C.J. Mosley at twelve to one? He was fourth last year in tackles. Well, you know this is a weird, a weird market because you have to think about all right, what guys are going to be on the field a lot because their offenses are terrible. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm kind of with you guys. I'm with you on Jordan Brooks. Yeah, where there are again taking the second short shot in a market like this is usually not the way I would play it. But Seattle's offense is more than likely going to be awful. And that defense is going to be on the field a ton. So I would I kind of like Jordan Brooks. That's the one when I was going through this that kind of stood out to me more than anyone. We were going through yes, uh, yesterday the uh, sort of the teams that had quarterback depth chart decisions to make. Talking about the Seahawks, the Panthers, 
the Steelers, going through what their performances were in week one of preseason to the extent that that would change minds for those respective teams, Brass. And it really what, what, it, we, what it came down to was, well, Mayfield, Mayfield, you know, still number one in Carolina. He played, he played fine. Um, P.J. Walker, though, you know, Mr. Preseason played very well, so he probably comported himself very well and, and you know, had front office people thinking to themselves, well, we can't get rid of P.J. Walker that easily. He looks good. Um, Darnell and Corral, not so much. But, um, and in Pittsburgh, everybody played well, right? Pickett played well. Rudolph played well. Trubisky played well. The other one was Seattle. Getting back to Jordan Brooks now and the fact of it, like how is there how how much is their offense going to be on the field? I guess the counter could that be could be counter to that could be well Pete Carroll loves running the football so that'll grind clock. All right, maybe. But both Drew Locke and their number one depth chart guy Geno Smith looked relatively okay. So the Seahawks are just they're maintaining that those are the two guys they're going with. And meanwhile, Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo, who apparently does not practice with the team anymore, right? He's just hanging out, doing his thing. By the way, do you see those Jimmy Garoppolo stories? Speaking of Niner stories, where, like, he would just ghost the team randomly over the years? Like, when he signed the big contract, he just disappeared. They couldn't find him? This was, this was a bit of an interesting revelation about Jimmy G. But anyway, Cleveland waiting to see if, I don't know, is, is Cleveland the destination for Jimmy Garoppolo? And is Seattle really, truly content with Locke and Smith? Other order, Smith and Locke? I don't know. If you're Seattle, we know what Geno Smith is already. We th- we're we 95% to 99% certain we know what Drew Locke is. But don't you have to start the younger guy if you're Seattle? Even though they both look somewhat okay in that preseason game. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's not how it looks right now. I know. It looks like Geno's going to start week yeah. one. Geno Smith was a, one of the great scouting reports ever slow eyes in terms of reading his progressions coming back with mark borchard some baseball yes no playoffs exact as in divisions crunching his numbers next on a numbers game at visa the sports betting network mtv's official challenge podcast is back for another season and so are we i'm tori deal and i'm anisa ferreira the wait is over guys all stars four is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 